The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remain on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I know there's many here who have made New Year's resolutions. Some have done well in keeping their resolutions so far. Others are struggling. And I'm sure there's more than one here who have already just given up. You're in good company if that's you. Stats show that most give up their New Year's resolutions by the second Friday of January. And then there's realists like myself who know they won't keep their resolutions and so don't try. Regardless of where you fall, we make resolutions because of a deep desire we all have. We know our world could be better. We know our lives could be better. We know we could be better. And so we set goals so something, anything, will be better by this time next year. But despite the best of efforts and intentions, few have the strength to keep their resolutions. Reflecting on this, last week we proposed that instead of making annual resolutions, it might be better to make new good habits. Habits are different than resolutions. Instead of being one-off goals, habits are ongoing. They're about continual, lifelong improvement. Habits are behaviors we do automatically. We don't even have to think about them. Some automatically hit up Tim Hortons on the way to work. They don't decide to go, they just instinctively head there. Some just can't go to sleep without a book in their hands. I've heard there's some strange people who automatically make up their bed each day. While resolutions provide happiness only when the goal is achieved, habits offer continual opportunity for success. Habits are formed through a cycle. First, there's a cue, something that triggers the habit. Then there's the routine, the habitual action, followed by the reward, something that affirms the habit. So, 
When you're driving through Toronto and someone cuts you off, there's a cue. Then you automatically give them a one-finger salute. That could be a routine. And you feel better for giving the free driving lesson. But I'm sure none here have such a habit. Last weekend, we reflected on how God can use even the smallest of habits to bring big changes to our lives. Because of their small habit of observing the stars of the night sky, the wise men were guided to Jesus and were among the first to honor him. If God can do that, he can use our small good habits to guide us, too. The second reading today comes from a letter St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, the people of the city of Corinth. I found you can add that name to pretty much anything to make it sound extravagant. I know the pews of our church aren't the most comfortable, but you might feel special if I told you they were made of Corinthian spruce. And maybe the robes I'm wearing aren't made of polyester, but Corinthian wool. It sounds fancy. But while Corinthian spruce and wool aren't real things, the city of Corinth was. It was a prosperous city in Greece, and at the center of the life of that city was a well-established temple to Aphrodite, the Greek goddess of lovemaking. So you can imagine some of the big lifestyle changes the people of that city had to make before taking on new Christian habits. So St. Paul wrote to encourage the people through the transition. And there's a simple word he used to encourage them, to urge them. He used the word called. About himself, St. Paul began his letter saying, Paul called to be an apostle. The saint knew he had been called. He knew his efforts and his various habits would only matter and bear fruit so long as they reflected God's call for him. The same was true for the Corinthians. So St. Paul reminded them of how they were called to be holy. Oh, the people had already been sanctified, but being holy is another thing altogether. Being sanctified means having God's life in you, It means being set apart for a special purpose. The people of Corinth had been sanctified at their baptism, just as we are. But being baptized, being sanctified, doesn't make someone holy. We all know of baptized Christians who are far from holy. Being holy is more than having a good prayer life or coming to church each week, though those are important qualities for a person to have. Being holy means developing the full physical, intellectual, spiritual, social, and emotional potential God has given us, and the life of a holy person will be marked by good habits that develop those aspects. Those who develop habits to look after their physical health or expand their knowledge or skills, those who form habits that increase the capacity of reason and reflection grow in holiness. Those with habits of prayer, contemplation, spiritual reading, and accessing the sacraments grow in holiness. Those who are habitually kind to others and generous, those who instinctively serve, point out the value of others, and can recognize, understand, 
and lovingly respond to even the most passionate of emotions, all cultivate holiness. But while habits give daily opportunities to celebrate success, they can be incredibly difficult to form. Willpower is overrated. People have their limits and weaknesses. It's part of the reason why 12-step programs call on recovering addicts to form a trust in a higher power, to establish a relationship with God. Of course, habits are very different than addictions. The two are incomparable, but in both cases, God's strength is needed. St. Paul continued encouraging the Corinthians in the verse following what we heard today. He said, I give thanks to my God for you. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you. It was a miracle that the church in Corinth could flourish in such a hedonistic society. On their own, the Christians there may have never developed the good habits needed to embrace the good news, but they weren't on their own. The Christians of that city accepted the strength offered by God present among them. God offers strength for his people. And here, in this church, through the Eucharist, we accept his grace. St. Paul, the Corinthians, and each of us are called by God. We're called to be holy. We're called to be holy parents and children, employers and employees. We're expected to be holy disciples, and the various habits we develop, they ought to affirm, support, and witness to that divine call. So while considering a new habit to develop this year, reflect on the holiness God has called each of us to. Only accept habits that accept the aid God offers and ensure your habits offer guidance in living out God's call. We give you thanks, O Lord, for your aid and strength. With the assistance of your spirit, may we develop the good habits necessary to embrace your good news and become the holy people you created us to be. We thank you for the example of St. Paul and the Corinthians, and we ask for your continued guidance and strength as we follow in their footsteps. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.